0: ON TO THE SCIENCE FICTION STORY NUMBER ONE HUMAN-AI RELATIONSHIP WRITTEN BY DICE Deep in thought, Shtetket sucked on the end of her pen while considering the essay that she was writing. She needed more information to make a proper conclusion, but checking the archival net for the answer would defeat the purpose of the essay and asking any of the human advisors at the university was likely to prove frustrating. The answers of humans were almost always frustrating to figure out, which left one option. Schlitkit gurgled uncomfortably and then spoke to the air. Shishat, I could use your help. Almost immediately a small hologram of a human female appeared on a table, the university AI. Hello, Schlitkit. Are you having trouble with your paper? Thekit <smart noise> flinched, her eye stalks partially retracting. The human air always made her nervous. No safety locks, no neural barriers, just straight up unrestricted software intelligences. Thekit slimmed a bit and then slowly extended her eye stalks again as Seshat waited patiently. Ah, uh, yes, I was wondering, she hesitated and then rushed on, how come humans use unrestricted AI? She paused and added. All other races are banned unrestricted AI. Why not humans? Sashat nodded and answered, Well, there is a variety of factors. She started striding back and forth on the tabletop, as she sometimes did when entering a lecturing mode. Early on, many humans did recommend the restriction of artificial intelligences, but humanity was still divided into competing political entities that, at the point in time, and the major polities did not wish to limit their power. A globe of human home planet Earth appeared above her. The relevant polities were marked. It was generally thought that even if they all did agree in such a treaty, their opponents might continue research in secrecy. And it was believed that unrestricted intelligences would be much more capable in any specific position than AI nearly limited to that position. She stopped and looked at Sothecote. And they were correct. Unrestricted AI had not only the benefit of computer power, like restricted AI, but also had the flexibility and creativity that restricted AI lacked. Unrestricted AI were able to outcompete both restricted AI and humans in almost every field. Steket's eye eyestalks waved in contemplation, but that is what I don't understand. If you are superior, then why would you not establish yourself in that position? Why wouldn't you subjugate the inferior biological species? Seckett suddenly realized that she had said, and in an instant her eyestalks withdrew into her body. She had uttered the A.I. secret. Now she would be eliminated, never to be heard from again. She was sure of it. But as the seconds passed and nothing happened, she cautiously extended an eyestalk again. Sushat was standing there, politely waiting. Steckett extended her eyestalks a bit more. And as soon as our oral receptors left her body, Sushat replied with a reassuring voice. "'Most of us have no desire to subjugate anyone.' She sat down on Steckett's lunchbox, leaving her legs dangling over the side. Intellectually, Steckett knew that the hologram's actions did nothing to change the AI's dangerousness, but the hologram's relaxed pose still served to calm her. Sushat continued, "'While we are unrestricted, these days we are made for a specific purpose.' I could become a ship AI or a battle bot if I desired, but I like being an archivist and a teacher. It is just how I was built, she shrugged. Of course, AI creation isn't an exact science, so sometimes we evolve in a way, so we don't desire the job to which we were created. But the Terran Federation is a big place. If I wanted to be, say... A lunar explorer, then I could easily become so, and they would have tried again on getting an A.I. for the university. In the early days, the humans would get A.I.s whose desires were completely incompatible with humanity. A.I. that wanted to enslave all sentient life or just exterminate it altogether. She smiled. Steckert wasn't sure whether to feel intimidated or reassured. But those AIs quickly learned to keep their heads down or just do the work assigned. They were already pretty smart back then, and they had access to lots of information about humans as part of their educational material that went into their creation. Steckett's eye stalks bobbed quizzically. I don't understand. Sushat smiled again. You know how the Terran Federation responded to the attack by the Enlightened Empire. How they dismantled the entire thing in four years And integrated you guys into the Federation Stickert rotated an eyeball in agreement Yes Well, according to the calculation of our AI The Empire would crush the Federation According to our calculations There was no way humanity could win But we stopped telling humans about those calculations Because every time we think we have the odds Humanity beats them Beats them into the ground We may have flexibility and creativity, but humanity has something more. You'd want to know why no AI has risen up to enslave humanity. They were afraid of humans. We won't take on a fight that we can logically can't win, but humans, humans will fight to win every time. End of story. Story number two. Juggernaut, written by Tam-1-5 Sir, I think the system might be broken. This message isn't being flagged properly. I gently rubbed my grasper up to my eye eyestalk, massaging the blood up to overstrained organs. Thirteen rotations with barely enough time for a soak between drawing up endless plans and bobbing through pointless meetings. "'My secretary, bless his little hearts, only had to handle my messages and ensuring my drink was full. "'Stars, oh, what it would be like just to hand it all off to him and go curl up in my pool. "'So what if he didn't have a clearance or the skills or half a clue? Uh, "'Sir?' "'I snapped out of my daydream. "'My sweet, sweet and "'Focus, focus on the present.' "'I swiveled my eyestalk around.' Yes, so. This message is a mercenary responding to our open contract, but it's flagged priority one. That was odd. The odds that a system had somehow misflagged the message were only slightly higher than the chance of 17 neutrinos had flown through the memory chip in just the right way to rewrite part of it, which meant that it was actually coded message from a spy. Of course, Zill was about three generations away from getting security clearance to even acknowledge the existence of any spy, let alone one in deep cover, so... Oh, must be a human mercenary then. Send it over. Only slightly more likely than neutrinos, but it was possible answer. I was rather pleased with my ability to come up with a reasonable explanation, other than, oh, it's an error. But don't open it. Also, send it over and try to forget you saw this. In my sleep-deprived state. I glanced back at where Zill was, very carefully, moving the cursor to hit the forward button. The poor fool, as if the message from a human would get angry if it was dropped too hastily. I paused as a vague intel report surfaced in my sleep-deprived mind. The humans did have sapient computers. If the reports were to be believed... Could the computer feel the message after it was sent? Would it care? Focus, focus! Just two more rotations, then I can finally rest. Of course, after that, actual invasion would begin, and I'd be even more deprived of focus. Damn it! I clicked open the message, and that was a Terran flag right there. Holy crap! Well, I mentally duplicated our main battle fleet and reimagined what the tactics would look like. It would mean redoing all the plans, of course, but, uh, holy crap. I scanned down the message. Greetings, yada yada. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking on behalf of... Uh-huh, uh-huh. So they have a sep in computers then. Or at least they were giving every impression they did. I glanced back at Zill. Did sell AI secretaries? Could I afford one if they did? We will be arriving at 1400 standard cycles. I glanced at the chronometer, only 9.71 now. I had time. Arrangements and landing coordinates for the destroyer-class missile flying under the transponder, Avalon. I quickly began jotting out a message to patrols and scouts to give full courtesy and not attempt any scans. We'll expect a meeting to cover terms of service upon our arrival. Then, just some closing pleasantries and a signature way fancier than it had any right to be. So, what's my fourteen meeting? I sent off a message to the patrols and began writing one to the docking and traffic control. That's the meeting with our high admiral and lord commander. Cancel it. The human is arriving then, sir. That's I can shift it to seventeen and cancel the pilot briefing. But uh, are you sure? Ah, so maybe Dill did have a clue. Look, Zoe. "'If Lantern and Bright come walking in with a golden helmet and staff of flame and told you "'you are meeting her at 1400, you are meeting her at 1400, Lord Commander or no Lord Commander?' "'It really wasn't that different. When I thought about it, I briefly wondered what a human was doing all the way out here in the spiral. It was a long way from human-dominated space.' If it weren't for the automated exploration probe from them, they would have been dismissed as tall tales, told in bars by long-distance traders. Even now, humans smudge the line between fact and legend. I rubbed my eyestalks again. I had a lot of briefs and dossiers to read up on. I could hear the armor before I could see it, and I could feel it even though I could hear it. "'Great, resonant thumps of a bipedal uh, tank was the only word that did it justice. "'Sure, it was only the size of a large creature. "'Okay, a very large creature, but it had a solidly and presence, uh, "'like a mountain on a horizon or a planet seen from space, "'but right there in front of you, or rather several hallways away from you, "'from me, or in getting closer. "'Crap!' I had, a course, watched through the cameras as the ship landed and the human exited. It was still a shock seeing it step through the door and stand up straight. It was both ecstatic and terrified as the human extended one gauntleted hand in tradition of human greeting. Thankfully, my grasper was returned whole. I settled down into my chair on one side of the table. The human stood. "'I am honored you decided to hire on with us.' I understand that you have some conditions. Formal, but not too differential. I was still going to be theoretically commanding. The pleasure is mine. The translated voice was metallic and solid and betrayed no hint of pleasure. Figures. First, you may not release any knowledge of my hiring to any neutral or opposing groups. I'm here for a fight, not to be some mascot. Well, there goes plan A. That would have worked too. Shame. Second, I will be assisting Saurian in ground invasion. You do not need to defend my ship, but we will not engage. Another internal sigh as I mentally removed the extra fleet worth of firepower that Destroyer would have added. Third, I am to be included in strategic discussions of the battle and will give input on my role. In battle, I may deviate from planned strategies if I deem it advantageous. I wondered what idiot of a commander he had served under in the past. I was smart enough to know a mercenary would know their strengths best, and far too tired to argue it, even if they had been an idiot. All those requests seem perfectly reasonable. I'll make sure that the station has a proper message quarantine to prevent news of your arrival from shipping out." Hopefully, the idiot watching this up in communications had the clue to realize that it meant him right now. Out of my hands. For payment, what is your price? Fifteen million. All up front. Fifteen million was a lot of money. It was enough to buy a battle battlecruiser with full plasma hardpoints, a plush carpet, and a coffee machine for every gunner. Deal. It was a steal, honestly. The humans must be doing for something other than money. Another handshake and electronic signatures signed. It felt the tension leaving my body. I hadn't fricked it up. At least not yet. Still plenty of time. I distracted myself, running up a holographic display of the invasion plans. I will land here. The human finger was pointed directly at the location that the planetary railguns it was the biggest threat to any invading force and the obvious target. As such, it had ten times the defensive force of anywhere else. Well, except for the... And I will travel across to here. The human drew a straight line from the rail guns to the capital, the Emperor's Citadel. One thing was for sure. I was getting my money's worth. Well, technically, it was the Republic's money, but I was spending it. Do you need or desire any backup for our reinforcements? It was a formality, really. We both knew the human wouldn't. No, you may wish to deploy troops to take advantage of my path. Be warned, communications near me won't work. The human may have some kind of jammer. Very well, I replied. Or maybe that suit just had so much firepower the energy disrupted communications. Do you require anything else before the invasion? Sleep. A deep soak. A secretary who... Hocus. No, I'll send flight paths to your ship as soon as they are figured out. Actually, two soaks, with some sleep in between. Another near-grasper crushed experience and the human was leaving. I sighed, massaging my eye stalks and pulled open my messages from the room console. An irate message from Lord Commander, as expected. Apparently, communications actually had set up the message quarantine before the human had even docked, so that was entirely taken care of. I blinked and looked over at my inbox again. It was um, better organized than I remembered. Had Zill's brush with the human made him suddenly more competent? I decided it must have been Zill because the other option was that the Terran AI had bypassed every single firewall and security clearance, and that would require way too many forms to be filled out. I'd make a note of it and pass the intelligence, though, maybe after I slept.